0: Hello, and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Negro, and I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A group at Steichman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome our guest, Elizabeth Pilon. Elizabeth is a partner, and she's also the head of the restructuring practice at Steichman Elliott in the Toronto office. Elizabeth, thank you, and welcome for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I'm going to call you Liz, because I know you as Liz, so I thought... Elizabeth sounds so formal, so I hope you don't mind if we use the name Liz. Liz, you have been a restructuring lawyer and the head of the group here at Zrall for a long time. I'd love to start by telling us a little bit about you, what you do, your practice, and the restructuring group here at Steigman Elliott and what they do.
1: Thanks. So I have been in the restructuring group probably for 20 years now. I started out in the commercial litigation, and our restructuring group is kind of based out of the litigation. So I started doing commercial litigation, and then... One file became two, became 10 of restructuring matters in various times in the industries, in the market. So started with Canada 3000 a long time ago, and then moved on to a new and a number of different industries. So I stayed after that.
0: And I know, Liz, we have a restructuring practice that's all across Canada. And obviously you're the head of the Toronto Group. Tell us a little bit about the practice here at Stikemali, what you do in terms of the practice.
1: So our group, our restructuring teams are based out of Toronto, Montreal, and Calgary, although the team is pretty lean, and you'll find the restructuring groups across the country, it's a small group of people who do this type of work on an exclusive basis, and so we end up doing work across the country. So you will be in various deals and various courts across the country, so that's the interesting part. It's a bit of a hybrid, so it's a bit of litigation and corporate. We have to be well-versed in both. And so you'll find the teams in Montreal, in Toronto, and in Calgary are able to help both on a corporate and litigation base. And when we act, we act a lot of the times for the company itself, who's going through a restructuring, whether it's informal or formal. We often work for court officers, monitors, receivers, or a lot of times purchasers of distressed assets. So we wear a number of different hats for the restructuring
0: group. I got to ask you the question, I know our audience is going to want to know, are you busy? Because you are an indicator for all of us in terms of where the market's going. And I always like to say, per structure is busy, that's a sign. So I got to ask the question, are you busy these days? What do you see? What are you working on? Any trends you're seeing in the work you're doing? Because what trends you're seeing is probably going to affect us all.
1: I would say that, yes, we are busy. And I think from January on, it seemed like a bit of a light switch turned on in terms of the amount of More formal restructurings are more work that's coming in where clients are coming to us. Banks are taking various steps. So it really has, I think, as of January, really turned on a fair bit more. The last couple of years have been quiet from a formal restructuring point of view. There haven't been a number. There haven't been a lot of filings. A lot of the work in the last couple of years has been out of court. So, lots of discussions, forbearances, arrangements, and deals short of a formal restructuring. Where I think in January, people started looking at what they had on their books, looking what kind of work they needed help with, and coming in. So, it became a lot more formal and a lot more work coming in as of January. And I would say I'm seeing that with our colleagues across the board, the firm, and then, you know, financial advisors and other restructuring lawyers that we work with across the country. I think generally, people are feeling that uptick. So good for our practice grip, bad for the rest of the market.
0: Liz, I know historically uh, the last, well, feels like 10 years, you know, when we talked about distressed companies, distressed M&A, it was always a feeling that the bank was willing to kind of hold on and wait it out. It was a quiet market. You know, there was just not a lot. There was Always an attempt to kind of try to fix it or or not go. But I sense changing. I sense the market's changing in terms of distressed MA now, has we come back with almost like a huge uptick. And want to get your sense on what you're seeing from a distressed M&A point of view, industry, sectors, what's going on out there? Because I'm also noticing distressed M&A buyers who are kind of knocking on the doors. But you're closer to it than I am. I want to get your perspective on what you're seeing on the ground from a distressed MA point of view.
1: Well, we're seeing it a lot where there was the patience in the last couple of years. There was a lot. The banks were being very patient and partly because what was the point of trying to push people to the brink of looking at what other alternatives there were? There weren't a lot at that time. So there was a lot of patience going on. There was a lot of government assistance that was helping a lot of companies stay afloat. And so people waited. The banks were waiting. Companies were waiting. We do see it turning around now, though, where people are not meeting some of their covenants. The banks are saying, I can't continue to give that forbearance. It's time to go out and see if there is any opportunity to refinance, any opportunity to have a going concern sale. So we are seeing a lot more of that where the lenders are saying it's necessary for you to go out and see and get yourself shopped around a little bit to see if there is something out there. Lots of that, both from a pre-filing point of view, we see a lot of sales processes happening ahead of time. It may not need to get to a formal filing to implement, but going out and testing the market and seeing what's out there, we are seeing that more across the board in a number of different industries, some where it's reached the end and it's necessary to push them over, but a lot of times different industries.
0: Any particular industries that you notice keep coming up? Any sectors, any type of companies, any... I'm kind of asking you the sweet spot for those buyers out there who are looking for distressed assets. Anything you see that would be of particular interest to them that you notice keeps coming, at least sectors, industries, types of companies coming your way?
1: So a few things that we're seeing that we're involved in or we're seeing in the market. So obviously retail, where you, that might be more on a unfortunately not a going concern type of sale sometimes those are more in a liquidation setting but there's retail the distribution and manufacturing sector those are where i think there is there's an opportunity there to restructure them and help with some legacy costs or some covid related costs that needed to be dealt with but it can come out the other side seeing some pharma work some advisory firms that are going through a fair bit of real estate where you know, developments that maybe became too costly and were not able to be finalized. So you see some of that in the condo space and the real estate space as well. A couple of others are the cannabis space, I think, is still contracting. So you're seeing a bunch of, you know, mergers there or where you're getting down to a smaller group of players in the cannabis space. And I think that's still making its way through the insolvency and restructuring process. And some crypto, but unfortunately those crypto, a lot of times were more in terms of a liquidation or Ponzi scheme scenarios.
0: What I noticed in the last little while, from a private equity perspective, Liz, is the nature of the buyers. People would start to ask about wanting to buy distressed assets. Are you seeing the different type of buyers come back to our new buyers or people who are reaching out to you from a buyer's point of view, who traditionally you haven't seen? Or because I've started to have clients say, listen, I'm looking for these type of distressed assets. I'm curious what you're seeing from a buyer point of view, the nature of the buyers for some of these distressed assets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing that. So We'll either get it from, and this started happening during COVID and then continuing where private equity firms, lots of U.S. guys will be coming forward. Canadian funds will be saying, I have money to spend. I'm looking for distressed assets. So they will come and do a bit of a roadshow to us and say, here's the types of industries I'd like to be focused on here's the range of dollars or price points that I'm looking at sometimes they'll be small market mid market but they will have sort of a number of industries that they're looking for and even to the extent we have a publication insolvency insider that is it, that also has advertisements right in there where people are looking for distressed assets so it's even gotten to that level but from our perspective we often get times where people will come to us as a restructuring group and say If you are aware of anything, I'm in the market, I'm interested, and I have some money to spend. Because we will often see it earlier than, obviously, if we're helping a company coming through a process, running the sales process ahead of filing, we'll see it ahead of time. We'll be working with the financial advisors so we can see some of those opportunities ahead of time. And, you know, also tee it up with the financial advisors who are running the sales process. If there's a list of other potential buyers to put on their list of targets, then we do that.
0: One of the things I've noticed, Liz, in, in your space, which is a little different, I think, from my is activity is regionalized somewhat. There's some provinces might actually have more activity than that. Is it still the case? Are you seeing more activity in certain jurisdictions in Canada when it comes to distressed companies than others? I know in the past it was a bit like that. I'm just curious what you're seeing from a regional point of view. Is there more opportunities in certain provinces than others?
1: I think, yeah, I think right now it would be Quebec, Ontario and BC are seeing sort of the most movement right now. Alberta is still obviously a little quiet but given the high oil prices and some uncertainty with respect to some of the case law on environmental liabilities. So that you might not see some of the movement there quite yet, but we are seeing the other Quebec, Ontario and BC moving a little bit more seeing some more of that. You also have in BC, you have a fair number of top co's there mining companies or cannabis companies that are being held in bc historically so you'll see some of that where it might just be a hold co at the top and the assets are sitting elsewhere including sometimes in the us but that's where you often see some of those opportunities because that's where the hold co or the top co is
0: liz i want to talk a bit about the process itself and how A works in the restructuring process because i do find A could be a solution a buyer could be a solution. And frankly, the support even you could give at certain points, it all depends on where you kind of interact with these companies. And maybe us a little bit about that in terms of where you see the most opportunity to add value for a buyer or for companies, even for yourselves, for advisors. Because I do find in your space, if it's too late, it really is too late. Whereas it really could make a meaningful difference to get the advisory service, the advice early, to find a buyer early, to engage early on, to look at options. And that probably has more... Also, to do with what you're seeing in the market right now. But I wanted to think of your perspective on the role that both MA advisors support could provide to a company who's kind of in the early stages of struggling.
1: So, a couple of things there on the MA front. Oftentimes, our teams, when we're acting for the company who's looking for potential buyers, we will work w- closely with our MA folks. We will work closely with our labor or tax folks to see how can we best help a company that's trying to find a sale as a going concern and out there, the M&A component of it is sort of a simplified M&A process because quite often in these deals, it's an as-is, where-is deal. It's not, there's no reps and warranties that you would normally be seeing in your traditional M&A structures. So it's a little bit more simplified. So the due diligence needs to be done up front. And so that's why you need a bit of time as well to make sure that you have that runway. I guess one thing I would say, getting the restructuring folks in earlier always gives you the best spectrum of possibilities. But we see a general reluctance in saying, I'm bringing in the restructuring folks. Even from a financial advisor point of view, it's difficult. People will always say, no, 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 I'm dealing with it internally, I've got it. And then you lose sort of the window of how can the financial advisors and the restructuring advisors help you think differently, triage some of the issues that you're dealing with and looking at, We look at them differently than you might be. And so letting us in early helps, but across the board, I think there's a general reluctance because if you're bringing us in, that means in their mind, something's wrong with the company, as opposed to having that opportunity to look at, how can I help you streamline? How can I help you with some of the other creative ways we see restructuring has helped? How can I apply that to your fact situation? So let us in earlier, but there's a general reluctance, Mario, and not across the board.
0: I know that getting in early also relates to the kind of processes that you could use and the flexibility on the processes. And I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about that, because I do find that's the value add. I find that you bring to the pro. Getting in early also gives you an ability to use the legislation and the processes to the most advantage I found in the past. Tell us a little bit about that, if you could, because I do find that's a huge value add.
1: So if you get in early enough, can you have just the conversations where you're not even anywhere near a court filing? Can you do everything consensually, having the conversations you need to have with the banks, with your lenders, with your major stakeholders? Can you do that and enter into some form of arrangement proposals with your major stakeholders and you don't even get close to a court? Can you also do something? We have some proceedings that can be done just under our corporate statute, so it's not an insolvency. It's just a restructuring on that basis. We have that in Canada where they don't have that in the States. So there' are some times where you have the top codes here and you can do some debt restructuring on that basis. That's very helpful. And we find oftentimes the US folks when they realize they have that option and they understand it, they really jump in and see if they can use that. So educating some of our clients about that potential option or others, That's a court process, but not a insolvency. And then you could go through the formal CCAA or receivership process. But again, are you looking at a sales process that you have run ahead of time that you're implementing with a CCAA as some sort of prepackaged sales process? There's those types of things where a lot can be happening ahead of the actual launch into court.
0: Liz, I always ask our guests, to call it the crystal ball question. And in some ways, I got to be honest with you, I'm afraid to ask you the question because you might tell me that it's a, a, you know, a growth opportunity for a breakfast, which makes me nervous, but I got to ask. So obviously you're busy now. To be honest, I noticed it's not crazy busy, but clearly there's momentum. Do you see things getting busier when you look at the nature of the type of companies that are coming to see you industries? Are you seeing a general continual uptick or what's your take in terms of from a practice area and the opportunities you're seeing, what's your thoughts in terms of where we're going and what you're seeing? And obviously some of that is a macro influence, but wanted to get your perspective being on the ground and the type of work you're seeing and the type of work that's coming down the pipeline.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to get a lot busier in the coming weeks and months. We're getting a lot more calls, even if sometimes it's a call to have an initial look-see or can you get me in contact with the right financial advisor and maybe it doesn't move to the legal stage yet. But there's a lot of those calls. There's a lot of calls. I have to have a conversation with my bank. Can you help me with that? So we're seeing a lot more of those. And then we're seeing straight into, I need to have a formal filing. And can you help me with preparing that? So I do see it getting busier quickly. I think the entire group is a lot busier. Industries, I would say you've got the retail space, still some tourism issues the cannabis cases, as we've talked about, and real estate. I think there's going to be a fair bit of that where that's what we're seeing kind of coming through now at this stage.
0: If someone wanted to try to chase those opportunities, is it accounting firms? I mean, you would to suggest someone who wants to kind of dig in on those opportunities. Where's the best place to start? Do they talk to people like yourself? Do they talk to Because I find there's not a lot of processes or formal processes in distress. It happens kind of a bit less publicized less out there. What would be the way to engage in those processes? Your perspective on the best way to engage with these upcoming opportunities?
1: I actually found it very helpful when the funds or the PEs came to us and said, here's, you know, you, even if it's a cold call, but you're calling the restructuring. I think if you reach into the restructuring advisors, you reach into their advisors like yourself, where all of your PE clients saying, hey, Mario, connect me with your restructuring people, or I really want to look at distressed acquisitions. Here's the types of industries I want to look at. So if they come to their regular PE council, if they want to go the next step to the restructuring council, and then the FAs, who are more in line with the restructuring FAs, all of those, that group, I think can be quite helpful to identifying. And we've each kind of got our lists of who would we reach out to, who are the first group that we would say, hey, They came and told me they wanted to be in the mining space. And so you reach back out to those groups. So it's always good to be top of mind, right?
0: I have one last question I want to ask you. Is it more so, I know interest rates obviously have had an impact. Any other macro forces that you're going to look at to see that, you know, you think may drive more activity? Obviously, there's war, there's inflation, there's interest rate, anything like that that you kind of keep your eye on from where you sit and go. We see more of that. Obviously, interest rate increases will... Definitely put more pressure on companies, but anything else out there that you see where you're looking as an indicator for potential more activity from a restructuring point?
1: Yeah, I think the interest rates, the fuel costs still being high is affecting a lot of these companies. And I think you're still seeing the ripple effect of the pandemic from a supply chain point of view, where the companies may have been able to outlast it for a while, but we're still seeing that ripple effect. And so until that makes its way through, and that might be another couple of months before we see that straightening itself out, I think that's still a big factor from a supply chain, from a labor shortage point of view, that still a lot of these companies are, trying to, are struggling with.
0: Liz, I want to thank you for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time. And I know this is a practice area that's growing in in terms of the market that we're in. And so hearing your perspective on where things are at and where things are going, I think it's super useful. And thank you again for joining us.
1: Thanks a lot.